What is up, Draft Craft World? We are back. We are better than ever, and we are trying to get our heads around what's going on in training camps all across the country because that's the uh, the draft part of the craft there, JP. We're getting very close to where teams have got to make choices on players, but uh, I think we're going to talk today about uh, what's been going on with some of these teams in training camps and seeing who's been standing out, who has been... Uh, noteworthy so far for us for each of the the 16 teams that you and I are following so far and uh, you know training camps are wrapped up now last preseason game is coming up and uh, I guess overall what's your what's your thought been of of the the preseason and training camp so far for the, the NFL as a whole Whew, that you know I don't know we talked about it when we did our fantasy football draft with all the guys here and um, not that it's a huge loss because it's not like anybody gets super duper excited over preseason, but mm-hmm. I don't know. This new this new format's throwing me through a loop, man. <laughs> I don't I don't know like before I knew okay, the third week is the week that you watch. I don't know what that is anymore. I don't know if it's <laughs> there's no cadence to it. I don't I don't know when to expect to see the starters out there. Mm-hmm. Now half these teams, the starters aren't even they're sitting like some of the live teams, the quarterbacks just aren't playing in the preseason. They're just like, okay, you're not playing and mm-hmm. you're going to play like, you know, a quarter throughout the whole thing. It's weird. There's not a yeah. lot of excitement for me for the starters, but it is a lot of fun as a Lions fan because our team is <laughs> not the greatest. So like I really do. Some of the biggest hangups for the Lions have been, we may have okay starting rosters, but if someone gets hurt, we're done because our right. depth is terrible. So as a Lions fan, I've been kind of conditioned to get excited to watch the depth of my team. <laughs> Other teams may not have to have that worry, but um, so I don't know. It's weird. I like say I, I've I've had fun watching the depth players play, but it's nothing that you get super stoked about. Nobody really knows when to expect to see the starters. So. Well, you've also been having fun watching Hard Knocks too, seeing uh, Hard Knocks and try to sing. And... Jesus, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, those of you that haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, if you don't have HBO Max, whatever, but uh, find a way to even on YouTube and see some of the clips because Detroit, at least the way that HBO has presented them, they're going to be a fun team this year at the very least. And obviously we're a little bit biased, but uh, but yeah, it is it is weird because it used to be first game. You might have seen some starters for a little bit. Second and third games, you saw them. They got their their reps in. And then the fourth game was for everybody fighting to make a roster. And and that's one of the things we'll talk about in our next episode, looking at the rosters, because teams got to cut down from 80 players down to 53. So you're basically cutting a third of your roster next week. But before we get to that point, we're going to talk about players on teams that we've kind of been paying attention to. It's somebody who's just sort of shown up and, and stood out a little bit so far in this. And I guess uh, we might as well do what we usually do. You want to start with the AFC North and uh, North, South, yeah. East, West? It? Yep. That works right. for me. Well, go for it. What do you want to start with? You know, man, I was going to start with my favorite team in the division. I'm going to start with the <laughs> Cincinnati slash uh, Kentucky bourbon area Bengals. <laughs> the bourbon Sorry. Bengals. The bourbon Bengals. I like it. Let's roll with that. Um, you know, it's, you, you, this is our cadence, so I promise I did not intentionally want to start with this, but go blue. <laughs> go freaking blue. I have to go. I have to go with my guy Dax Hill here. Mm-hmm. I understand the first preseason game he got like he got like eight tackle or something like maybe two like a tackle and assist or something like that. But did you see the highlights from the second game? And I yeah. say highlights because I didn't get to see this game live. Right. Okay. And that second game, he had a total of six tackles. But my goodness, did you see the diving pick or whatever he had? Yes, it was nuts. Yeah, 
Zach uh, Hill's gonna start, right? And uh, like in our next episode, we made I don't know. I think we discussed just kind of doing a quick run through each roster and say who mm-hmm. we think is going to be a surprising cut. It might come on the back end of that defense because they've got two young DBs coming from this draft. But I mean, mm-hmm. Zach Hill is playing great, and the versatility he has a safety, nickel, corner, whatever it may be. This guy's on right. point. I like what he's doing, and it's not a biased thing. I promise. No, and did you notice how quickly uh, Jesse Bates signed his one-year deal that they got? Now that he's seeing Hill playing well, maybe mm-hmm. taking his spot. <laughs> All right, so staying in Cleveland, I'm going to hop up to the Browns, and a guy that we both liked coming out of the draft for Cleveland was Perrion Winfrey, who's uh, more or less, basically, he's he's what they expect him to be. He's still pretty raw when it comes to uh, taking up space. He's definitely a penetrating interior tackle right now he's a guy who's going to be who's been able to get after the passer in the games that they've had with him he's definitely struggling with double teams because he didn't like to face that too much against so playing at oklahoma in the big 12 where everybody's spread out like it's seven on seven all the time but so far so good for him uh he's definitely going to be in the rotation for them not a starter necessarily but you know hey for where cleveland is getting him at i think they're not they're not too upset about that no and you're spot on i was very very high on uh Perry on Winfrey coming out, like I said, in my very, very first mock draft I did, I think I actually had him mocked in the first round going to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good player. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I'll go to the, my last team in that division with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the team that you have the ar- irrational hatred for. <laughs> um, I will say this. It was, a, it was a close call between three guys. I didn't want to go with the obvious Kenny Pickett because Kenny mm-hmm. is playing very well. Mm-hmm. Well, um, a surprising pick, and I think he was actually undrafted, but Jalen Warren, and I almost went with him too, but I can't not take George Pickens. <laughs> sure. I mean, I understand the second preseason game. He only had a couple grabs for very minimal yards, and the first preseason game, he, he did pretty pretty solid. He was targeted, you know, probably half a dozen times and had a few grabs, decent yardage, and a touchdown, but – I don't even care about that. Just all the clips that you're seeing from what this guy's been doing throughout camps, he is making plays. And I feel like I'm obligated to choose him just because I've said throughout this entire draft process that sure, Drake London's my number one wide receiver, but if if healthy, George Pickens is the most talented wide receiver in this draft. And it appears he's healthy and it appears it's it's showing. So better than Jamal? going to have him. As far as just pure talent, being a well-rounded wide receiver, absolutely. Mm-hmm. J-Mo is more explosive, take the top end of the defense off, but just a well-rounded, super talented size, everything you need wide receiver. Yeah, Pickens is your guy. There you go. Had Pickens and- never had injuries and put up some, you know, solid numbers in college, yeah, he probably would have I truly believe he'd have been the number one wide receiver in the draft. Sure. And so far, so good as far as him being healthy. Pittsburgh definitely needs him to step up so that they can have a full complement of wide receivers. Another team that needs somebody to step up to catch the ball is Baltimore. And it's not a wide receiver that I want to talk about, but it is a fourth round tight end, Isaiah Likely, who I was a huge fan of coming out of Coastal huge Carolina. Fan, and he's definitely more or less an oversized wide receiver. He's not someone who's necessarily going to be known for his blocking prowess all the time. But this past game against Arizona, eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, showing that he can get open and find ways to to get the ball. And then a team that's going to have as many targets kind of hanging out as Baltimore does with the Hollywood Brown gone, 
and Bateman and whoever else going to step into that role, there's definitely a space for likely to be able to jump in and, and steal some targets from some of the other guys. I'm, looking at I'm the, a huge fan of likely. Looking at the AFC South, start us off there. Where do you want to go? Uh, I'm gonna start with again. I got. I'm always gonna start with my favorite team in the division. So <laughs> unless call. I didn't get them, but I think wow. I actually got my favorite team in each division. So I I gotta go with Malik Willis, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fine with that. Malik Malik Willis is averaging about 100 yards per game. He's been probably right around 50 percent completion percentage. So a little low, but mm-hmm. you know he, he's throwing touchdowns. He's rushing for touchdowns. He's probably got well over 100 yards on the ground just in preseason and minimal play. But none of that matters to me. My biggest concern for Malik coming out of the draft was mm-hmm. the turnovers, man. Sure. It's this crazy amount of turnovers. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes when you watch Liberty play, you're just like, what is he, what was he thinking on that one? <laughs> so it just seemed like, it seemed like, I don't even know what to say. I don't want to say it was like dumb plays or silly turnovers. Forcing it is it. silly. Like, yeah, he's just forcing things and making, I don't know. He hasn't done it, is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. He hasn't turned over the ball. He's definitely bringing a new element to the game on the ground. He's still throwing the ball solid through the air and minimal play. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to buy into the little bit of hype if there's actually going to be a QB controversy in Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know if Tannehill – hell, maybe Tannehill's a guy who gets gets traded. We, there's no telling with Tennessee. They traded A.J. Brown. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're doing, so – I could see Tim. Maybe Tannehill will be my surprising cut slash trade, and Malik goes in there, and they're going the young new future route. I don't know. We'll see. But Malik's my guy. Well, I can tell you, he's definitely doing himself a favor getting into that conversation for the second string spot ahead of uh, I think Logan Woodside right now is technically listed as the backup. But Tannehill is probably not going to get moved just yet. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I've obviously yeah, we like... said that about AJ Brown too, didn't right? <laughs> Well, uh, I liked Malik Willis coming out of uh, out of Liberty, so I'm certainly not complaining about that. I think the bigger question for where Tennessee is at is what they're looking at for his contract with uh, Tannehill. We'll talk about that maybe next episode. But uh, staying in the South, Indianapolis. First off, a little shout out to the linebackers that they've got. The whole like crew of of undrafted linebackers. There's a couple guys in there that might have a chance to make the team. But I want to talk about Nick Cross, who's a third rounder mm. who actually might be starting for uh, the Colts. He's right on the cusp of that spot. He had a 90.8 grade from Pro Football Focus, which is the highest for all the safeties in the NFL right now. So not just rookies, but every safety that's played it down in uh, the preseason so far, he's got the highest grade at this point. And so finding that in the third round, you got to be pretty happy about that if you're uh, if you're Indianapolis. And uh, I, I think we can uh, say it's because of the joint practices with the Lions obviously made him better, you know, so. <laughs> hey, that's that's facts right there. But yeah, he's that's looking good right. for Indianapolis. Nick Cross was one of my guys that highlighted as like a sneaky late round pick in the draft. So I'm perfectly, this is Nick Cross out of Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember having them circled. There you um, go. So my last team in the AFC South, I'm going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one was very, very tough. This one was very tough, Dan. Um, you know, you would like to set Trevon Walker. He's been he's mm-hmm. played very minimal amount of snaps. Sure. Um, Lloyd's been battling the hamstring injuries. Devin Lloyd, sorry. In case mm-hmm. people don't know Devin Lloyd, their other – uh, their next pick after this was their other first round pick. Um, he he hasn't played, 
Um, so it's really just a two-way debate of guys who haven't really done anything super crazy, but it's really between my boy Chad Muma and uh, DeMarvin Leal. I mean, DeMarvin mm-hmm. Leal is another guy I was super high on. He he ended up, you know, getting a sack in, the, I think it was the second preseason game. He's got a, a few tackles throughout this process. Okay. But um, Chad Muma, I mean, kind of the same thing. It, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure if Chad played in the second game, but I know he played minimal snaps in the first game. Or I guess it was a fair amount, but, you know, and he had a few tackles as well. But mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going to mention them both just because, you know, some of the, the guys you would expect to go in there and make a huge impact just really haven't gotten on the field yet so um sure. curious to see what happens with uh devin lloyd because that's a guy the jags are definitely going right. to be on the field when the season starts so to be determined in a way for them right and again they got a lot of uh of potential and hope down there but the, the nice thing for all those guys down in jacksonville is there's not much expected out of that team this year so they can hopefully give these guys some playing time and move them forward from there houston Looking at the Texans, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit here. Damian Pierce, everybody's been talking about him so far in the preseason. You've seen him get drafted pretty high in fantasy drafts as a running back right now. With uh, where what Houston is doing in their team in that backfield, Marlon Mack is gonna be a nice compliment, but it really does seem like it's Damian Pierce's job if he wants it. And so far, he's been playing a lot of minutes in the preseason and looking pretty good. What he's been doing, he's been been picking up solid chunks of yards on the ground and. Everybody seems to be buying into this kid. He's looked good. And like you said, I mean, Marlon Mack, he might be a little bit washed. I mean, who knows? He's got, if I remember correctly, Marlon Mack, he's coming back from Achilles tear. And right. Honest, had, have this we would seen be his anybody first... really come back from the Achilles tear and be like anything significant yet? I don't think we have. Well, right. And this would be his first more or less opportunity for that. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, you see guys come back from Achilles in nine months, something like that. But it takes twice that long for a guy. To yeah, they're still not the same. Right. right, you're you're a year and a half out. So this is where if if Mac is going to show up, it's going to be this this season. So I think it's it's a good opportunity for Houston to take a flyer for what Houston is and where they're at right now. They've got two guys that one of those two hopefully will hit for them. They'll be good to go going forward. But Damian Pierce is looking pretty solid. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe the only competition he has there, which isn't much, I think it's Rex Burkhead, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the other guy. It's pretty yeah. much those three dudes. I might so. I might put. Uh... Rexy there at number two, but who knows? We have Pierce. <laughs> Pierce has got it. Exactly. All right. Hop out east for us. Uh, you know, my east team being the New England Patriots here, but right. you know what? Uh, you talked about low hanging fruit for <laughs> Houston. Man, I've got no fruit for New England. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. Not only did they always move down in the draft, but I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen, and I wish. You know, obviously, you could say this a million times. I wish there were more like New England preseason games televised in my area. Sure. So you kind of just rely on highlights to an extent. And because you know me, I hate just going around surfing the web. I want to see it right. with my own eyes. But it's not like you're really going to see major highlights of Cole Strange or minimal play for Logan Hall or any of that. <laughs> I don't really have anything. The only thing I could really say is going back to our previous episodes and I guess it would be Cole strange. Cause everybody's saying like everything you heard coming out of camp is when he's in there practicing that he looks like he's worth every bit of the pick and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the draft capital they spent on him. So I guess I'll say him, but sure. that's a terrible take with not much content there. <laughs> so Well, and that's the, the slightly revisionist history people are pulling right now being like, Oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe he was good. And, and here's the thing. I think uh, it's one of those advanced analytics type pieces where people maybe were overthinking 
uh, or underthinking maybe where he came from. But so far, so good for them. In the other part of the Northeast, the New York Jets, Garrett Wilson doing some things. So far, so good for him. Uh, and again, New York's got a bunch of of rookies, but it does seem like he's been able to carve out a bit of a role with whatever quarterback play they've been having. Obviously, Zach Wilson out for the chunk of time that he's got. But uh, one of the things that I saw people talking about with Garrett Wilson is that he's doing a great job of getting open underneath, which I thought was kind of funny because that's about as far as the Jets are going to be able to throw the football for most part of the season. So that's a good sign for them. He does seem like he's getting open quickly in his breaks, which is going to be important for them, uh, given that team. I don't know how long they're going to be able to you know, keep the protection up. So it's a good start for them. We'll see where it goes from there. But positive news coming out of Jets camp for Garrett Wilson. Guy yeah, and, and Brees Hall. I've been hearing he he looks pretty pretty smooth yes. and electric as well. So Yep. No doubt about that. Outside of the bad luck at quarterback, maybe the Jets are turning things around a bit. Um they're still the Jets. Going to my yes. Going to my second team in this division here. I'm going out uh, I'm going to the South Beach, going to Miami route here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a curious take because you've got obviously the two stud wide receivers and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Right. But my pick here for the rookies, and I'm gonna absolutely butcher her name his name. I gotta look <laughs> at it here. Mm-hmm. I just call him Eric E, but I'm gonna try to say this. Eric Azukanama. Yeah. I get it? Yeah. Whew. Or at least yeah. close. T- yeah. Tough name. Who knows how much playing time this guy's gonna get or where he fits in. Obviously, absolute best case scenario, he's a third wide receiver on the squad. Right. But I mean, the first preseason game he played, you know, very respectable, had, had a few grabs, some decent yards. But did you see the second game? I actually no. got to watch this game. Okay. Yeah, the NFL Network did a replay on this game. Dude had nine targets, six grabs, north nice. of a, a hundred yards. I don't think he got in the end zone, but. This is a guy that they were they were targeting on stuff. He's a trusted guy. He's got to just mm-hmm. be one of those like practice warriors where no matter what QB's in there, they feel comfortable going his way. I don't know. He he looks good. He looked different. I, I wouldn't say, hey, I test like he's going to be some <laughs> sort of superstar. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, kind of like when you watch Hard Knocks or the Lions games, the same way that the quarterbacks just continue to target Kennedy and he just continues to make plays. Mm-hmm. That's how this guy is. Like he just sure. keeps making plays, and I just use the Lions as comparison because obviously I've been watching all the preseason games because they're mm-hmm. televised and Hard Knocks is on every Tuesday. But yeah, I don't know. He, he's definitely going to make the roster, and he as a rookie, and he's he's. I think he'll actually get some playing time. Well, and hey, and being the third wide receiver, you know, behind those other two guys as a rookie is not a bad spot to be. It might give him some easier matchups to look forward to because he's definitely not going to get the the first one or two guys that'd be covering either. Hill or Waddle up in the team that we like to point out is the only one that's actually in New York, the Buffalo Bills, Christian Benford, sixth round corner that they picked up is fighting for one of the two starting cornerback spots. He's right up there uh, with Kyrie Elam. And I really, in a lot of people's opinions from what I've been reading, come out of that camp, what you've seen, he might be a little bit ahead of him when it comes to the pecking order right now. Obviously, Tredavious White being on the pup list means that there is a spot starting opposite to what I think technically they have Dane Jackson right now as the, the other corner starting. So he's right in the mix for that. And to get that out of a sixth round guy either means that you're in rough shape or Really what it does mean is is come out of this camp. It seems like everybody really likes what he's been showing and how the effort that he's been putting out there and the way he's been locking things down on the outside. So 
be curious to see what comes out of Christian Benford, but a sixth rounder potentially starting for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and that'll be man. Hopefully, hopefully White gets back. He's a hell of a <laughs> corner when he's healthy, man. Yeah. Um, it's it's not like the Raiders had a ton of picks due to some trades that they had made, but um, this was really tough. Obviously, uh, if you didn't know, we went out west here in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Raiders' favorite team in that division. Yeah, the Raiders um, have moved, but they're not in the East yet. Right, right. they're all over the place. What? I'm telling you, it should just be Raider Nation, man. Right, easier. Um. Man. Yeah, I'm going to go with the LSU player here. Um, I'm going to go with Neil uh, Farrell. Okay. I mean, this is a big boy. This is a 6'4", 330-pound boy. I mean, he's 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 clogging some holes. I believe the second preseason game, he actually got a few tackles in there as well. But, again, mm-hmm. this is somewhat similar to New England. It's not like you see some highlights of the Raiders or watch a Raiders preseason game or anything mm-hmm. like that or read the camp news and hear about any – rookies making some significant waves or anything, but this is just kind of, I'm not even going to lie. This is just looking at stats and seeing who's showing up on the stat sheets sure. for this one, because I watched the games and it's not like Farrell stood out to me in any way, but it's like, Oh, okay. He made some things happen. He's getting in there. He's got a bit of a nose for the football. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's going to have to, he's going to have to be my pick for their team right now, but it's not like they had any, rookies with they spend a lot of draft capital on all the high draft capital so right we'll go with him we'll see what happens i'm not expecting him to get a ton of playing time or anything but we'll see yeah if you look at the raiders death chart i mean i think like the the top guys are maybe a third stringers right now because of where where they put their their effort and all of that obviously again we talk about how the drafts worked and the fact that you think the rams had the best draft because they won a you know, mm-hmm. super bowl with Trading for Matthew Stafford, same kind of thing for LA for Las Vegas. They pick up uh, Devontae Adams, so that's kind of your your first round draft pick right there. Yeah, and real quick, I mean, I the guy I was hoping to talk about was going to be Zamir White, especially mm-hmm. especially with all the negativity going on around Josh Jacobs and hey, why are they why are they starting him in preseason? Why are they playing him with throughout with the, some of the second strings or mm-hmm. what's going on? That like I don't know, like. You never know Josh McDaniels. He might be the RBBC <laughs> guy and all these guys mm-hmm. get playing time. I mean, it's not like Zamir's played terrible, but he hasn't really done anything to wow me. So that's why I sure. went with Farrell. Yeah. So I went with a guy that's been wowing all of us since uh, the draft and which is painful for both of us being Central Michigan guys, but over in Kansas City and Sky Moore and, and you know, all of the sky's the limit jokes are going to be, you know, going all over the place because this dude's shown it up he's shown the the speed that they expected out of him just in general on the field but also showed that as a return man and there's a great picture of him returning the ball with like uh, the enemy's face and then like a couple other guys on the team like poking through the the way where things lined up and so it's just like everybody's watching him and watching what he can do out there and they've been putting him in the backfield as well splitting him in in there and taking some like wide read handoffs and stuff like that uh, from Mahomes, and so you're going to see Sky Moore being used all over the field for Kansas City. I don't think they're going to try to completely replicate, you know, Tyreek Hill with him, but it's pretty clear that he's going to have, if not a huge role, definitely a gadgety role where he's going to be all over the offense. And they seem to really love him and the speed that he's been bringing to this team. You know, I'm huge on Sky Moore. So if you mm-hmm. want to trade him to me from your fantasy squad, at yep. time, let me let me know. I don't really need wide yep. receivers, right? I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, let's go with my last team here in the, the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Um, if I asked you if you knew who Jalen Virgil was, Virgil, I don't know how you say his name, but would you know? Nope. 
he's an older rookie out of Appalachian State. Um, wide receiver, man. But have you this guy? It's almost kind of like the Eric Aku. I see. I got to see his name <laughs> to know how to say it. I thought right. I was going to just be super cool and just roll that right off the tongue. You tried. It didn't. It didn't happen. Did not happen. <laughs> but I mean. He hasn't done anything too, too crazy. But, I mean, that first preseason game, I think he had about, I don't know, three to five receptions for, like, almost 80 yards or so. And then the second game, he had a couple more for 40. Mm-hmm. He's just a he's just a young rookie who's, who's showing up and he's playing. I mean, obviously we know that there's the two top wide receivers, just like there is in Miami. Only here you got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I look for this guy to absolutely make the roster. You know, the, the amount of playing time you'll get, you know, that's to be determined. That's, he's not going to make or break the year. But this is a guy – I think he went undrafted, did he not? Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about – I'm talking about an undrafted player here, which is – if there's an undrafted guy making a name in camp, I'm just going to trump that, even if there's, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a more highly touted, you know, rookie out there, even if that rookie's playing okay – this is a guy who wasn't expected to do anything. And we're talking about an older mm-hmm. rookie coming from a small school. So I got to give a shout out. Um, I really do think this guy's going to make the team. Jalen Virgil. Sure. And he's receiver, number, the... number number 17. If you happen to catch a replay of uh, Broncos game, cause he caught my eye a little bit just cause they, they seemed to trust him when he was out there. Yeah. And he's got some returning chops as well. He returned at least one kick for a touchdown while he was at Appalachian state. So definitely some potential there for a, uh, Broncos team that's looking for you know home run hitters when it comes to that offense and Russell Wilson kind of tossing it up there. Uh, looking at the Chargers to wrap up the AFC, Isaiah Spiller is the guy that everybody's been talking about, kind of low level coming out for the Chargers. He's pretty much locked down from everything that I've been seeing, the number two running back spot behind uh, Austin Eckler. And the way that the uh, Chargers are talking about using Eckler. It could be Spiller gets a lot of touches. He's out. It's not a. It's not a timeshare. It's not going to be a as much as I might want to mess with you, considering you you got uh, Eckler in the first round. It's not a timeshare or anything like that. But it is definitely a situation where uh, Isaiah Spiller has seemed like he's slotted right into that that two spot, and so they seem to be very happy with what he's putting out there so far for the Chargers. Anything else you got from the AFC? No, I'm good. I'm ready to get into this NFC North: Detroit Lions. Do you want to start with the Lions? Yes. Let's go. I've been right talking about the whole time. For anybody <laughs> who's actually gone out and watched Hard Knocks, I mean, everybody knows how big of a Hutch fan I am, and we all know how great he's played. So maybe mm-hmm. you can talk about him if you want to. But I absolutely have to talk about this guy that we loved as a sneaky draft pick. Looks like it's going to pan out. My boy, Rodrigo. Rodrigo! If nobody knows, if you haven't watched Hard Knocks, Rodrigo <laughs> is Malcolm Rodriguez for whatever reason. The whole team, I mean, the whole team, players, coaches, everybody. <laughs> this is Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I actually, they were interviewing one guy and they were talking about Malcolm Rodriguez. And he's like, I don't think I've, I've met Malcolm Rodriguez yet. <laughs> you have Mal- Malcolm Rodriguez? And they're like, no, I don't think I met him. They're like, Rodrigo? They're like, oh, that's his name? His name's not Rodrigo? I thought his name was Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, <laughs> so it's funny. That's his. But this guy, he, he loves football, man. All he wants to do is go out there and hit people. I mean, that first special teams play where he just crushed the guy mm-hmm. flying down the field, but long story short, the guy's making plays. He's getting tackles, but I think he was a, the fifth round pick. He's. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to start. There's a good chance. I really think he's going to mm-hmm. start a linebacker, which isn't saying a whole lot because you know how I've said that 
that's the weakest position in our entire team. But I think sure. it could be Alex Anzalone and him. Now I will say that I think he'll probably him and uh, Barnes will probably share that second starting role. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think like Pittman and Borg got pushed aside. Rodrigo is killing it, man. Yeah, not to this- mention he can salsa dance a little bit. I saw he- that on there. He can. He said he wasn't going to sing, but he's a sixth round draft pick, not a fifth round or even better. Ah, there you go. Uh, but again, the biggest thing that I saw from what the coaching staff was talking about him with with again on hard knocks with their Sean is he's seeing plays develop in front of him and getting to where he needs to be. I mean, like, talking about how there's plays that he's making that some of the coaching staff that have been there for five years and seen two different you know administrations will now haven't been seeing a linebacker make in the time that they've been in Detroit. And so it's not just, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. Obviously he's bigger, he might stronger. Be one of the strongest guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, he's bigger, he's... stronger and faster than I am, but, mm. uh, but he's, he's got a brain for the game. And he knows where to go to, to get to the spots. And so, yeah, again, we're, we're a fan of Hutchinson. He's obviously showing up, uh, doing well from a, uh, pass rushing standpoint. It's definitely gonna be something that's beneficial to the Lions. But Malcolm Rodriguez is the kind of guy that Detroit has wanted to have and really fits the identity. He would bite a kneecap or two. There's no doubt. In both in both those guys that we talked about, these two guys, the craziest thing about them is they absolutely love football mm-hmm. to death. And they're the guys they have the motors. You can't stop yep. them. Even if they got a more talented guy across from him, that guy's going to have to give at least 100% effort or this guy who's not as talented is going to beat him. Right. Because there's no quit in either one of these guys. They'll play till they die. Yeah, and those are the kind of guys you want to play with. I mean, we always talk about, you know, talent is one thing, but have you maximized your talent? I mean, a guy like Jerry Rice may not have had the level of talent that some people – would have thought versus other players and, but he maximized everything and, and you know, kind of went past that expectation. So let's go from the team. We love the most to the team. We like the least since we're both talking mm-hmm. about them. Who, who do you got for green Bay? Let's, let's get these cheats heads out of the way. You know, first of all, I still got to say, man, I am still so, so salty that Christian has still like not been able <laughs> to even show mm-hmm. anything yet, man. He hasn't done anything, but no, um, if I'm going Green Bay, man, I I know the whole media is talking about um, the Romeo Dobbs here, but sure. I got the right tackle, Zach Tom. This is a guy, I forget what type of – I remember during the draft, like I, he was on my radar, smaller school guy, but he had set some sort of – you might even be able to look it up, Dan. Mm-hmm. But he set some sort of collegiate records for offensive line, which is crazy because how does an offensive line set a right. record? It, has to, it had to bend by – not allowing pressures or sacks or anything like that. Mm. But that's the reason I'm going to pick him. I don't think he's allowed a single pressure yet in the preseason. He's played quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, considering all of the injuries that the Packers have had in offensive line, and they got two rookies actually that are both playing very well in the offensive line, but it's going to be very helpful considering the injuries they've had. But Zach Tom, he's going to start at right tackle and he's going to play well. Which is annoying, obviously. The, it the is. Set- it was a great pick. Great, great pick. <laughs> Once that is able to pull up 3,107 snaps in college, uh-huh. two sacks. And may, maybe that's his record. I have no idea. I just remember them talking about it on draft day. I remember mm-hmm. reading about it before the draft rolled around. And he was, I just remember when they picked them, highly annoyed. I bashed <laughs> their first two picks so mm-hmm. bad. But man, when they, they took my boy Christian and then they took Tom, I was like, man, they're saving this thing. Uh, crazy. <laughs> you're having so much fun with those first two but uh oh well yes i am going to talk about romeo Dobbs because a lot of people have been been you know touting this guy as 
a revelation in the passing game for them. And he is. He's been stepping up and making a lot of plays, which is great for Green Bay, which is annoying for us. But the one thing that I noticed from the, the notes that I've been taking and the uh, the bits and pieces that I've seen is he could go one of two ways, in my opinion. There are two names I'm going to throw at you that uh, kind of typify so far what he's done in the preseason. One is Jamar, because Jamar mm. Chase last year had a bunch of drops in the preseason and everyone started to get worried about it and freaked out. And then he had an amazing rookie year. Rice, even the other the side of things, right. The other side of things is, or is he Braylon Edwards, a guy who made some flashy plays who couldn't seem to catch the easy balls. And that seems kind of might be the thing with Dobbs is like, he's, he's making these flashy plays. He's going up and getting contested catches and then he's dropping other opportunities. So uh, if there's a quarterback in the league that has zero patience for, you know, young guys dropping passes besides Tom Brady, it's Aaron Rodgers, And so that's going to be what those two did. Yeah. No, apparently, apparently they've been going out to breakfast together. Oh, that's so cute. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Aaron's trying to take him under his wing, or I don't know. Maybe he just wants to give him the death stare, not in practice, <laughs> right across the breakfast table about don't drop anything. All right, dude. It doesn't even say anything, yeah. just staring at him eating his bacon. Yeah. All right. Give us uh, give us Minnesota. What, what's going on up there in uh, Viking land? In Minnesota, I wouldn't say that uh, – wouldn't say there's one single player that I'd pound mm-hmm. the table here for, but I'll give them a two-way tie of two players who have both played – I would, I you know, I'd venture to say extremely well. They had, they wouldn't, I couldn't single either one of them out, but relatively the same position ish. They're both DBs, one's safety, one's corner, but two players that I, we both were very high on: Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I forget the first preseason game how they did, but that second preseason game, I did get to see a little bit of the replay on NFL Network uh, for the the Vikings and 49ers there because I remember, I remember, I was trying to keep an eye on Trey Lance, see how he looked. Mm. Um, but both those guys ended up with a, a few tackles. And I yeah, I mean, like a scene specifically, he's getting out there in space. He's getting, I think all of his were solo tackles. Like he, he's, he's wrapping people up. He's looking good. Booth's tackling as a corner. I mean, they, they're both going to get significant playing time, in my opinion. You know, yeah, I look okay. forward to seeing, I forget the nickname they had, but <laughs> scene and Smith, the two safeties. They're they're just having a blast together, so I can't wait to see them both on the field at the same time. That's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Yeah, and the Vikings definitely looking forward to that, given the Harrison Smith is pushing ten years in the league, so he's not going to be around forever. It looks like they found a replacement with what scene's been doing over there in Chicago. They've been trying to find replacements all over the team. And there's a bunch of different names we could throw out there. Uh, there's a couple guys in the secondary who've been playing well that uh, the bears are happy about, which is nice because obviously this is a team that needs help all across the board. And so your guy, uh, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler, uh, Kyler Gordon, both of those guys have been playing well for him. But uh, the guy I want to talk about is their new left tackle, Braxton Jones, fifth rounder stepping up and taking over, the left tackle spot. It's interesting because they played Riley Reef there for like one series of practice, like one day of practice. He played left tackle and the rest of the time has been Braxton Jones. And so Reef is definitely their right tackle right now, but he's stepped into that role. And the good news for the Bears is he's physically there. He's definitely uh, stepping into that opportunity. The, the more bad news for the Bears is he's a rookie left tackle. And so he's going to have his moments. And so Justin Field better, you know, better watch out. But still, Good development for Chicago. 
still a bit nervous that you're going to have a fifth rounder being your blindside guy in a year when you're trying to keep your quarterback upright. But still, it's good development. Braxton Jones, love seeing him starting things out and the way things are going for the Bears. Dan, let's go. Let's go back down to Florida here and talk about my favorite team in the South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really, really going to need some help on this. It's the it's the older rookie uh, linebacker out of Rutgers. <laughs> um, I'm just going to call him the linebacker. <laughs> Ola Kunli Fatukasi. Yeah, that's pretty close. All right, all right. Have you seen anything on this guy? I'm not going to lie. I I had to. I did. I, nope. I wish I could have been one of my this absolute team, favorite man. teams in the leagues. I know it is, but I had to go to YouTube to figure it out after I saw. So this is how it worked out. I saw the stat sheet. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, obviously, he's an undrafted rookie here. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had to go to YouTube trying to find some some sort of camp highlights and stuff, or even obviously preseason highlights. But did you look? Just look. First preseason game, led the team in tackles, six tackles and a tackle for loss. He even had a pass deflection. He's getting mm-hmm. out there on pass plays too, man. <laughs> but more specifically, that second preseason game, my goodness, dude, he had nine tackles, two for a loss, one and a half sacks. Nice. He's leading the tackle. Obviously, he's out there playing more time than most people, but I don't know, 15 tackles, three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks and, mm-hmm. a, and a pass deflection. And he's not playing all of the game. He's yeah, he's no, playing more of the game. He's playing a good but... portion, but he's not playing all of it. But no, that's solid. I mean, I, here's the crazy thing, though, Dan. Rutgers is Big Ten country. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. We've watched them. I don't recall ever like making a note about this guy from Rutgers. In our defense, it is Rutgers. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. When you're no, putting that's... up that kind of production, I have to acknowledge it. That's all I'll say. Sure. One, obviously, you're not too unhappy about a guy stepping up because uh, Tampa Bay can definitely use some some help with the depth there. Their starting linebackers are great, but they're going to need some more bodies in there soon. Let's slide up the coast to New Orleans. Trevor Penning, who's a guy that you and I both absolutely uh, love coming out of uh, northern Iowa. And what he's been doing so far is gaining comparisons to Kyle Turley. In all the best and worst ways, because the dudes managed to get kicked out of a practice because of starting like three different fights. And so they're going to have to rein him in a bit. The the good sign uh, is that his physicality has been on display and his run blocking has been great. He's been absolutely out there just running people over. Uh, Unfortunately, he's playing beyond the whistle and some of that has been against his own teammates. So maybe he needs to kind of. You know, get this bull in a china shop thing down a little bit. But the big thing that they've been noticing for him on a negative that he needs to work on is his handwork. And when, when a guy, when an offensive lineman comes in with that much physicality and that much just brute force, sometimes guys can use that against them and, you know, doing some judo like moves of, of moving a guy out of the way because he doesn't get his hands in the right spot. So if Penny can figure out how to get his hands up and locked in. Uh, this dude is going to be special for New Orleans. He's also got to keep that temper under control. But uh, if he can go the the right side of the Kyle Turley, the physicality route, without the maybe crazy throwing helmets route, that'll be good. All right, last team in this division. I, I want to do a, a quick to last. note. Huh? I got oh, Carolina still. Last, last for me. <laughs> last team in this division for me. I'm just going to do a quick note on this. I'm not even going to pretend that this guy's a guy that caught my eye or I noticed anything, but I did Mm -hmm. happen to – I was struggling with finding someone other than the obvious pick for this team for Atlanta. The obvious pick's Desmond Ritter. That's what I'm going to talk about. Sure. But 
Um, I was trying to make sure there wasn't anything that I missed for some reason, just because, you know, I wasn't the hugest fan of any of the quarterbacks in this draft. <laughs> so I was looking for any excuse not to talk about him. But D. Alford, another undrafted player cornerback, mm-hmm. I won't talk about him a whole lot, but he's pro football focuses number two overall graded rookie for the preseason so far. Nice. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they got a diamond in the rough there with D. Alford at the cornerback mm-hmm. position. So who knows on that one? But uh, similar to Malik Willis, I'm eating crow a little bit. I can't deny <laughs> it, but Desmond Ritter, I mean, I wouldn't say that he looks great or anything like that, but, I mean, he definitely looks really good. He definitely did a number on my on, on my Lions. Mm-hmm. He, You know, he was a little under 50% passing, which isn't good. He got, uh, you know, got over 100 yards, double-digit average per reception, but mm-hmm. um, he threw in a couple touchdowns there, so, I mean, you, you you can't be too upset with that in the first game that you're seeing of your of your rookie, albeit preseason. But um, then the second game, he definitely he did not get the touchdowns. But wow, touchdowns aside, ten for thirteen, 143 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's he's solid. playing well. Dare I say another quarterback controversy? I mean, if Atlanta, <laughs> I will say this: if Atlanta's not winning games, because we know Tennessee is most likely going to win some games, right? So it'd be a little tougher for them to put Malik in there. But mm-hmm. I can tell you this, if Atlanta's not winning games, Mariota's taking a seat and they're going to see what the future right. looks like and let Ritter go on there and get some snaps. So I got to give Ritter some some props, but apparently PFF loves this D. Alfred cap. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch him play because I haven't seen him play. Right, and that's the thing. I don't think you're going to see a controversy in uh, in Atlanta so much because the whole plan is to eventually – turn over to Ritter as well so far that's that's their idea because Mariota's there for now but as much as you love him and wanted a creamsicle jersey he's not the future for Atlanta no Carolina's future is on hold at the quarterback position because it's been on hold the entire offseason as they're trying to figure out what they're doing obviously uh, some people are hoping Baker Mayfield is the answer but Matt Corral who's the guy they picked up in the third round that all, that both of us kind of thought might have been a sneaky good pick for them well they're not going to see him till next year because the list Frank injury that reared its head. It's interesting to see some guys get those and they're back in a month. Other guys get them and they're out for a year. And that's what happened to Corral. He's not going to play until next year. And so he's going to have an opportunity to sit down and, and watch and learn and hopefully, you know, be able to glean stuff from the, the sidelines and look over everybody's shoulder and see what's going on with that franchise. Uh, and then the other guy that we got to talk about is your boy, Icky. Icky McQuano. So far, it's a bit of a mixed bag. The pieces Rude. are there. Uh, He's been doing a good job in some ways, and then other spots, it's just been rookie mistakes and uh, maybe, again, the technique piece. Like, the physicality is there. He's, he's definitely – there's no question marks about whether or not the man can handle the position physically. The only question is, can he get his hands in the right spot, and can he learn the nuances of everything he needs to do there? So it's definitely uh, – he's going to be starting. He's They've already figured that out, step uh, stepping up uh, to that role, but – yeah, the only question is again, just like with the Bears, how much is Baker Mayfield gonna be running for his life in that first week against Cleveland? But good for him. Obviously, we both like him. Be curious to see how he's gonna continue to show out. How about the East? Let's head out east. Uh, unfortunately, it pains me to say that my favorite team in this division is uh, actually the Cowboys. But man, I just really don't like any of the teams. And <laughs> this is my least favorite division in all of football. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say. I'll say that no rookie has stood out to me on this sure. team. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, That's they, just, they, they haven't. I mean, and geez, the only thing that comes to mind right now is that, did you hear the news yesterday of what happened with Tyron Smith? I'd heard news, but I didn't hear what the news was. Dude, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I've 
blown out almost every ligament in my knee. I've heard how Achilles <laughs> I've seen the that. new the new uh injury that you mm-hmm. you can't come back from. But my goodness, when I heard them describe and I can't remember all the terminology, but in a nutshell, he tore his hamstring so hard that it actually it ripped it completely off from the femur and I believe it fractured his knee when it happened somehow. That's a lot of torque. Yeah. Yeah, it, but then here's the crazy thing. They're saying like there's a world where he could come back like around December or something. Interesting. That doesn't that doesn't make sense in my mind. <laughs> but I don't know. We're not talking about Tyron Smith. Sure. Talking about the rookies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Nobody really stood out, so I'm just gonna do a super mm-hmm. quick touch on two of them, and it's two different tales. We all know Dalton Schultz for however reason got pegged a superstar. I know he mm-hmm. played well, but it just caught me by surprise. But a tight end, they've got Jalen or not Jay, What's his first name? Ferguson out of Jake. Wisconsin. Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. He's got he's five for five, man. This guy catches the ball every single time they throw it to him. So we'll see. He was one of the rookie tight ends that I was a little higher on than most. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, we'll see. He's a guy sure. that I was kind of hoping would get sprinkled in, but. A guy that I was super high on that they drafted. Um, it, it's very clear to me that they're trying to see what this guy has, but mm-hmm. my goodness, it's not looking the greatest so far. Jalen <laughs> Tolbert, he's mm-hmm. my guy because he's the you know I like the wide receivers with the huge hands. It's like Stephon Diggs started. There. He's got the ten inch paws, man. Right, but he's been targeted like eleven times and only caught like three or four balls. So. Mm-hmm. To be good. honest, I, I hadn't seen a whole lot of Dallas plays. I don't know if the guy's dropping it. I don't know if he's running bad routes. I don't know if he's it's just bad luck and the quarterbacks aren't hitting him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you got a rookie tight end who's 5'5", five five, and then you got the wide receiver I was super high on who's getting a lot of balls thrown his way and a lot are hitting the dirt. Mm-hmm. Well, the so. one thing you can say for Dallas is there's going to be a lot of opportunities to catch the ball because they're still trying to figure out who's going to be healthy enough to play. And so Jake Ferguson certainly playing himself into an opportunity to get some touches with that offense. Washington, you know, again, I'm not I'm not going to always pick first round guys, but uh, Jahan Dotson is the guy that uh, has really been stepping up for the commanders. I have to keep saying that name to try to get myself to be OK with it. It's, it's never going to sound it's, right. No, man. it's still not still not working for me. But uh, Jahan Dotson is working for him, I and mean, he's been looking good. His first game was rough. Uh, he didn't really seem like uh, he was up to speed for the NFL yet, uh, but it kind of rectified that in the second game, showing some of the uh, the positional quickness that they're looking for in the sense that he he's getting to where he needs to be, and he's given uh, Washington a nice uh, extra outlet outside of just Terry McLaurin as somebody that they can get the ball to. So, again, a guy that we both kind of liked, maybe not quite as high as he went, but uh, he's – He's doing all right for Washington so far, and he's kind of been the guy uh, looking at their list that uh, I've been you know, more or less impressed with. I am curious to see if Armani Rogers can make the team. He's a guy who played at a quarterback, actually, at Ohio that's now a tight end in in the, the big leagues, and we'll see what happens to him. And obviously, we both like uh, Sam Howell, and we'll see where he's at. And I, Brian Robinson, I mean, I can talk about him, but everybody doesn't talk about him. I mean, there was there was a moment in uh, one of the reporters was asking, I want to say, I don't remember which lineman was Andrew Norwell or whatever. They were asking like three questions in a row about Brian Robinson He's like, dude, we've got other running backs. So they like Robinson right now, but he's getting way more hype than he's actually uh, earned so far. I'd be curious to see what he does once the season actually starts. If the the split that they're trying to do with Antonio Gibson doing more returning and stuff like that ends up giving Robinson some more touches. But he's a guy everybody's been talking about already. So kind of set him off to the side. What do the Giants got? 
It's a tough one. It's a third team that I had, or third, maybe fourth, where I just felt like I didn't really have anyone who truly stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, we also don't like about, Correct. I'm going to talk about <laughs> two players um, just briefly. Mm-hmm. Though if I had to pick someone who stood out a little bit, it would just be, you know, my, you know, my, hopefully, hopefully none of our, our mates in our fantasy league are listening to this, this episode because <laughs> um, if Kasiki get, I'm holding on to Kasiki's my tight, I punted tight end for all you mm-hmm. listening out there. He was my last pick of the draft. <laughs> um, I, then I drafted him because the rumors are he could get traded. And, you know, let's be honest, depending on where he goes, it could be very valuable. But right. if he doesn't get traded or if he gets traded somewhere where he's not a good fit, I might pick up Daniel Bellinger here because mm-hmm. they let go of Evan Ingram. I know rookie tight ends traditionally don't do anything, but I he was he was my guy. Sure. He hasn't done anything crazy. He's got a few couple, two, three grabs in each game. So, I mean, he's going out there doing what he's supposed to do, I suppose. But the guy that I primarily wanted to talk about, he's done absolutely nothing for me in the games. <laughs> and this is a guy that I was not high on, but I'm just going to mention because he's just, I don't know, he's – too small, too gadgety. I understand he's got a little bit more weight, but I don't know. He's not even quite as electric, but it's like a Tavon Austin thing almost all mm-hmm. over again. Where, but thankfully, Wandale was not drafted in the first round. But <laughs> I'm just going to go off from the hype and everything you hear from the beat writers and what you see in camp. Apparently, mm-hmm. this guy's making plays all over the place. They're expected to potentially be the number one wide receiver over Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay. Obviously, Kenny <laughs> Galladay can't stay healthy, but sure. Um, then who knows? Slayton might be on the next episode. Slayton might be might be my cut guy for this team. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say Wandale, but it's based on nothing he's done in the preseason. I think that the second preseason game he walked out of there with a few grabs, but he had negative yards. He's trying to do <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. I don't know what to say about the Giants. Sure. I mean, you gotta appreciate a guy who's putting in the effort, and I think that's really where it comes from. And and there's a great opportunity to carve out a role on that offense. So we'll see if Wandale, a guy that all of us kind of looked at each other and thought and kind of had a chuckle when they drafted him, but maybe he can step up into the, the literal void that there is right now in the receiving core in New York, sliding down the coast though, uh, to Philadelphia, Cam Jurgens got sort of forcibly shoved into the starting center role here in the preseason with, uh, Jason Kelsey getting his elbow sort of scoped out and cleaned up. And what they said was a routine thing, but, when you're getting a routine thing in the preseason that's going to put you out for three or four weeks, it's pretty serious in the sense that this is obviously something that needs to be dealt with. But all the reports coming out for that, Cam Jurgens, their second-round pick, has been absolutely locking it down at center. And while Jason Kelsey is the starter, when he comes back, he is going to be on the field. Uh, Cam Jurgens is definitely making them feel great about their future whenever they do move on from Kelsey, who's, I mean, pushing, what, 10, 11 years in the league now, so he's not going to be around forever. But... Good looking for Cam Jurgens over there in Philadelphia. What do you got out west? Oh, dude, uh, it's kind of crazy that the 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 Los Angeles Rams ended up being the last team here because their their rookie has been the best one out of anybody I've <laughs> talked about so far. You know who it is? You know who I got? I'm looking at your team right now because again, I'm not paying as close attention to uh, everybody. Uh, you know what? I'm honestly not sure where you're going with this one. No clue whatsoever. I mean, there's a guy named Dan. I'm going to go with him. Oh, <laughs> Best go rookie so far. You know who it is? It's nobody. They have no rookies who play because they traded the picks for a quarterback and won a flipping <laughs> Super Bowl and got an A-plus draft grade. They got no rookie out there starting or playing or doing anything meaningful, but they're coming off a Super Bowl win because they took the picks. It should have been a rookie and got a Super Bowl ring. Their rookie is a Super Bowl ring. 
That's for, <laughs> that is their rookie. It's the rings running around in camp. <laughs> Very shiny rookie. And if you look at their depth chart, you go to ourlads.com or anywhere else, you don't see a whole lot of, because uh, they actually have all the rookies in green, which is really nice if you're trying to reference them. I'm looking at it right now. They have on their entire team, they have four rookies that they're right now slotting as backups. That's as close as anybody's making so, it on this. So, team in right all now. seriousness, Logan Bruss isn't even a close on our lads on the depth chart. Um, he is no, no, really. You got like guard? Uh, no, he's not even on their list right now. Oh, well, that's our lads. It must be slack. And Logan Bruss was a solid pick as a guard. I think oh, he came out of Wisconsin. And he was their first pick. Um, if I had to pick somebody for them, it'd be him. But I, I mean, nah, I'm not going to catch, you know, backup guard highlights anywhere. But um, <laughs> I can't believe they don't have him on there. That's pretty wild. Now, well, regardless, he was their third round pick. Yeah. Well, the big news right now coming out. Oh, that's why because they've got him on the the reserve list right now. So he's uh, must not be mm-hmm. must not be doing too well. This is what happens when I'm trying to look at teams that you're supposed to be covering, dude. But yeah, so I'm sure you might see something. I got the best rookie on this team. Right. Now, the bigger news. Right. Yeah. The bigger news coming out of Rams right now is what's going to happen, if anything, to Aaron Donald swinging helmets around like he's Miles Garrett. So we'll see uh, see what's going to come out of that. We'll see what the NFL does because they have separate uh, rules for practice fights versus game fights. So and and you've seen people people trying to draw the lines of hypocrisy like they always do with the NFL. It's like, oh, well, Miles. If that happened in a game. Right. If that happened in a game, this right. guy's suspended and fined and all kinds of goodness. Donald right. And so that's the... I love Aaron Donald. Yeah, but right. Yeah, he yeah. lost his he lost his uh he lost his cool. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, I mean, that's what happens when you when you have these guys pent up and not that I'm I'm not at all condoning it. I think it's you can handle things without fighting, but when you got guys that are this wound up and not been able to hit people for, you know, eight, nine months, they're gonna get a little okay. they're they're gonna want to get some shots in. What do you think is going to happen? Like, I just have to ask this question. What, what do you expect to happen when you take the Super Bowl champs versus the team that lost against Super Bowl champs and have them do a scrimmage against each other? They've been pissed off at each other the entire summer. Right. Exactly. That was not a good, like, I don't, I've not, have you, has that happened before? Have they well, ever think, set up and, a scrimmage for the two Super Bowl? Like, that's fresh sure. off a loss, man. And the most, the, the hurtful loss imaginable. Right. The only way I, only way I think that that happened is because of the relationship between the head coaches, the fact that they're buddies. Maybe that was why they chose to know, do it man. that way. But yeah. Having said that out loud, like, I almost feel like maybe Aaron, I'm not excusing anything Aaron Donald no. does, but man, they kind of set that team up for some uh, high emotions. Let's just right. say that. Yeah. They set both teams up Game for that. practice, like, set the practice up. Probably. Right. So. Probably wasn't the best, uh, the best choice. No. And maybe they'll make different ones going forward. Other teams in the West, though, that are you know not having guys fight, but maybe guys fighting for roster spots. The uh, Arizona Cardinals have got a couple of guys that are showing up on the the tape at least for a pair of third round linebackers, both Cameron Thomas and Majai Sanders. I want to say it's Majai, it might be Majai, but M Y J A I Maji Maji. There you go. Actually, know that one. There you Maybe go. I don't. I've heard that's how everybody else says it. Maybe I can see Maji. wrong. Maybe yeah, you're the only one who's right. That's part of the fun is you get names and you're like, I'm just going to throw that out there. 
So you can tell how much we spend times uh, checking up with the sports information people with each of these teams. But both of these guys have been shown up in uh, sub packages. Sanders, even more so than Thomas, as uh, as a pass rusher, as a guy who can pop in there and maybe make some plays. Now, both of them are still trying to make the team uh, as third round as you'd expect them to. But, you know, they're sort of floating around that second, third tier right now. And depending on how many linebackers they keep will depend on whether or not those guys get playing time but uh but so far so good for both of those players trying to get in there and, and making things happen and, and and securing themselves a roster spot and maji sanders was one of the guys like i know he's a little bit older of a rookie as well but mm-hmm. man when we did our little mock drafts and all the all kinds of the draft simulator websites there mm-hmm. um he was a guy that i found myself taking quite often i mean i just like the upside he produced very very well for cincinnati like I said so right there you go. Yeah. Um, last, right, team last team for me in this division. Is it the last team overall? For you, yeah. No, for me, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even – I can't even pretend to say that I knew exactly who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this was the second cheat one I had. Um, the other one would have been <laughs> – and I guess I didn't cheat because I still went with Desmond Ritter. But I had mentioned how <laughs> – um, PFF had shown all kinds of love for D Alford, even though I didn't use him as my guy. So this is technically my first cheat. I couldn't really find any true rookie that I really wanted to talk about from San Francisco. I mean, it was exciting okay. to, you know, see some of the younger guys that I was high on turn their, their play around a little mm-hmm. bit. It seems to be like Javon Kinlaw guy I was high on is starting to put it together a little yeah. bit. So I'm excited to see if he isn't a bust. Right. But, um, Samuel Womack. First off, that name, Womack's a fantastic name. Right. Um, but PFF had him as a, their fifth overall rated rookie. Nice. Cornerback there. Yeah, with a 91 grade. Mm-hmm. And, and they believe that he's literally going to get significant regular season playing, like play time. I, I remember him being drafted, but and I know for a fact he was a fifth-round pick. Right. Like he was just a guy coming into the draft that I hadn't done a lot of re- I didn't have a good take on him. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. But um dude hasn't allowed a single catch yet and he's got two picks in the preseason. That's how you uh, make a team and get some starts. Yeah, he's going to make the team and I can't dispute the fact that he might get significant playing time there. I mean, sure. I'm not saying he's going to start. I don't know if that's exactly what PFF is. I don't know if that's their take, but mm-hmm. My take is when you don't allow a single pass in preseason and you turn around two picks, like you might find yourself in nickel packages. Exactly. So uh, we'll see. And if there's injuries, hopefully there's not. Clearly he'll be in there. But Samuel Womack, my last uh, rookie there, and I did cheat. Can't take the credit (laughs) for it. Yeah, at the very least, I think you're going to see him uh, being that nickel back, if nothing else, for him and getting significant playing time. Because, yeah, you play like that, you're going to see the field. Seattle Seahawks, people talking about Kenneth Walker and his stuff. Charles Cross doing great at left tackle, but uh, I'm going to touch on Boye Mafe, uh, kind of their edge rushing outside linebacker sort of spot. This guy has been really great in sub packages uh, as, a, as a pass rusher, more so than dropping back into coverage, but he's helping him out on the on the line and, and sort of supplementing a pass rush that doesn't have the names that this Legion of Boom team used to have. So they're pretty happy with how he's been starting off and hoping that he can continue that play going into the season. And other than him, it's been, and the guys that I mentioned, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag for the rest of the rookies, but uh, good looking for, for Boy Mafia, a guy who's, we some people thought might've been a first rounder, but uh, they got him in the second. And they're pretty happy with it. Another great pick. Another guy I was super high on. I loved him in the second round. 
And that's our peek through all of the teams as far as what we think are are going to be uh, players that have really been stepping up and and making some noise in the preseason. And pretty much everybody we talked about should be making a team. Next show, we're probably going to talk about guys who maybe aren't making the team or might be getting cut, maybe some surprises. Uh, that's going to be our, our crystal ball episode, so we have no clue if any of the stuff we're going to do is actually going to come to pass, but just maybe who we think could go that route. Before we sign off, though, we got to touch a little bit because we are hitting the end of summertime, dude. And there's so many beers and so little time. So talk to me a little bit about some of the beers that you think people need to grab before they're gone as we look at the end of summer coming very close. But, you know, it's a bittersweet time because it's like, are you sad to see the summer beers go? Yeah, absolutely. But are you stoked? Absolutely stoked to see like the (laughs) fall beers come in, which I actually like more than the summer beers and yeah we'll get to that sure am sure am. then that maybe that's <laughs> that maybe that's the beer talk on the next episode with the cuts it might have to be yeah. maybe that's how we do it we talk about the exciting rookies you know, right and then you talk about the so you, you're high and then you're low. You're like hey, yeah, yeah these beers are going away it's good but then you talk about the cuts and then you end it with the positive beers that are coming out so i like i like what we're doing here. and let's not forget that the jp's a bit biased with his palate so some of these beers are perfectly wonderful to drink and if you like the lighter summary stuff you better grab them before they're gone yeah totally agree um i'm not going to talk about this one to death but i mean we all know that here in michigan oberon's like a thing so right. here pretty quick you're probably not gonna you're, you're not gonna have the oberon's on the shelves and even if you nope. do find them they don't taste the same as what they did you know in early spring early right. summer late spring early summer so not because they even but they moved that release yeah, they keep moving up every up. year now so i don't yep. even know when they i'm in it is almost know come on. it is almost early spring now there you go so uh the main one i want to talk about here and it's kind of wild because you know me i'm not a, i'm not a big sour guy but mm-hmm. um for stuff that's not michigan um i'm a huge fan of dogfish head you should probably sure. know that i've mentioned them a handful of times on this uh done this this podcast but um they're one of my gateways into craft beer um, mm-hmm. if you will but um their whole summer uh variety pack there you go like, I, I love everything in it and the reason why i said you ready for this there's a session sour the sequential i, I actually enjoy i actually enjoy it and it's surprising mm-hmm. that they put the 60 minute ipa in there because i do feel like you can actually find that year round but right. they have the Namaste White, which is basically their version of like it. To me, it tastes a lot like Oberon. Sure, a little bit lighter, but either way. Mm-hmm. But um, I absolutely love the Flesh and Blood IPA that's in there. But my favorite one in there, not the last one in there, that I like getting it for, just because it's so funky and weird, and it's out there, and I got to be in the right mood for it. But I actually like it. It's a Lupu Luau IPA. It's that mm-hmm. coconut IPA. Man, that thing's so fun, fun to have during the summer and just have here and there. I absolutely it's 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 an interesting one. But sure. the last one's in that variety pack, real quick, it's just the uh, the liquid truth serum IPA, which is you know just another random IPA they put in there. It doesn't really have the summery vibe. So I'd say mainly it's that for me, it's the flesh and blood and the uh, Lupu Luau IPA, that coconut IPA. Man, I'm gonna miss that. I I need to see if mm-hmm. I can get it one last time. Have you ever had it, man? <laughs> I haven't had that one, so if you do it's find one it, one of the more interesting, like experimental IPAs you'll ever see, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Sure. Yeah, and again, so that's fun of the, what you like it when when uh, breweries have fun with stuff. It's just a question of whether or not you can get to it before it goes away. I got four that I want to talk about that I I haven't gotten to try yet. Only one of which I think I have a decent chance at trying because of locations and where things are. But uh, 
one of the things that a lot of people talk about, if you're up in the Northeast, uh, in Maine, Allagash White is like basically their Oberon. Again, same thing where it's that Belgian style wheat beer. A lot of people really seem to like this beer. You hear people talking about it and see people writing up about it. Uh, but apparently that's the one we need to try uh, when we're up in the Northeast. And that's the the wheat beer of choice, if you will, up in that part of the woods. And uh, th- again, everybody seems to really enjoy it. One that I really want to try, though, Shiner, which, you know, a lot of people know for like the Bach that they've got. Right. They also have a Tex-Hex Mirage IPA that's made with cactus water. OK. I mean, anytime something is made with something a little bit odd, I'm on board with it and I want to try yeah. it. And so that's very much something that I'm on board with. I have no clue where I could find it necessarily, uh, but it's a hazy. It's got cactus water. It's got pineapple and tangerine and piney hops. And I want it. I want to drink it. I would try it. Right. And then uh, the one that I can get uh, that I haven't tried yet that I'm going to have to poke around and see if I can get before the end of the year is Great Lakes has got their white beer that apparently people are a big fan of the, the Holy Moses, which is named after their founder. Uh, Moses Cleveland there in Great Lakes Brewing. And so that's that's one of their big ones to to give a try to over the, the course of the, the year uh, in the summertime, rather before that one goes away. And again, uh, as much as we do give a hard time to all things to do with Ohio, uh, Great Lakes does make some pretty decent beer. And it's annoying to have to say it out loud, but that, that's one of the ones that I'd be curious to try and see how it stands up. I don't, uh, again, obviously, that's, I'm why, they, that's why they named it after the Great Lakes and not Ohio. Right, That's why exactly. They chose that name. Yeah. It was a Ohio brewery. What are you really doing there, right? And so, one more that uh, I'm curious about: Have you heard of a cold IPA? I've heard a cold snap by Samuel Adams. Well, a new style apparently of IPA, and this is not something that I've tried. And I say apparently, obviously, there's probably some people out there looking like, "Yeah, you're dumb. You should know about this." But uh, I have not gotten a chance to try one yet. But the the cold styled IPA is something that is a new version of how IPAs are being made. I don't know a ton of information on it, so you have to try to look that up and see if we can sound smarter for you next time. Uh, but there is a Water Tiger cold IPA that I got to try at some point too. But again, that one is not one that I've seen here around Michigan. So that's the biggest challenge to this stuff. I mean, you, we could go off of the beers you can find everywhere, but the best ones aren't ones you're going to find everywhere. So those are some for you guys to give a chance to try to here uh, the next couple of weeks before the end of the year gets to you. Uh, what do you got to wrap us up, JP? I was just going to say to circle back to that dogfish head, one of the coolest things about it is if you get out there to check it out, um, you don't have to look for all of those dogfish had summer brews individually like i said it's an actual variety pack it's called off center your summer nice so you you get you get a couple of them in there you get one variety pack and try them all then i guess the last thing i'll say too is um won't touch on any specific beers but um something i found out for the first time like basically since we started this podcast because it was episode one i'm a bigger fan of hazy ipas than i ever thought i was (laughs) and there are year-round hazy ipas but Summer kind of ends all the extra hazy IPAs, mm-hmm. the, the huge variety of them you'll see out there. You won't see nearly as many, but there'll still be some. So if you're a hazy fan as well, grab some of those while you can. Exactly. Yeah, those are definitely going to be on the chopping block as we get into all of the beer that's going to be coming out in the fall. All those Oktoberfests and Browns and the Porters and Stouts and things that mm-hmm. come out. And I know I can see you're just smiling mm-hmm. underneath the beard there, JP. That's going to be fun. We'll talk about that. Next time around, for now, though, 
get the last little bit of preseason football in for you guys this weekend and uh, take your notes. And then uh, next time you can compare them against us as we talk about guys who are probably not going to make the team, at least in our minds. We'll see you next time. Draft guys.